Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, as we get ready for a big week, peak earnings week, obviously, uh, the third of the Dow reports. We'll get a Fed meeting, big tech on Capitol Hill, our first look at Q2 GDP. Uh, gold, as uh, Joe was just talking about, all-time high, dollar, two-year low, Jim. As uh, David Costin of Goldman last night says, the two-month move in the dollar is a second percentile move going back to 73 well, look, uh, if you're an, a stock guy, you're thrilled because we are so tired of hearing on a constant currency basis, constant currency. This time, it could be very big earnings for a lot of companies overseas. Uh, Procter & Gamble will do really, really well in this environment. Uh, J&J does really, really well. Of course, J&J reported already. Uh, look, I, I think that the gold run is a combination, yes, of central banks uh, printing money, but also a pessimistic view about what's going to happen with COVID. Uh, the stock market has a much more optimistic view of what happens with COVID. The more uh, we trot out uh, CEOs who are very excited about their vaccine, the more people just say, you know what, this is going to end. And at the same time, we got just a huge springboard because of all the money that is, be- that is being printed. So things will be good. David, I've never seen a moment where you have a coiled spring if good news happens. But if we don't get a vaccine, just get ready for another one of these things in a couple of months. Mm. Well, I mean, we're looking right now at the board there where we're showing Moderna and the um, progress, Jim, that they have made towards a vaccine. The news this morning, of course, is that company is moving into phase three, a phase three trial. 30,000 people will be a part of that trial. That would certainly seem to be a continuation of what has been positive news from Moderna and any number of other companies, many far larger and more experienced than that one in terms of them moving towards a vaccine. But I continue to be concerned uh, of the length. You cannot cut short a phase three because you have to have enough people who are exposed to the illness to be able to make a case that this thing's better than than the placebo. And I think in order to do that, you have to have 30,000 J&J, 30,000 from Pfizer, uh, 30,000 from Moderna. We've got a lot of companies. And don't forget, the government likes Novavax. Who the heck knows where that's going to come out? Uh, But you're going to have a lot of people walking around uh, trying to and doctors trying to figure out, geez, did they get COVID uh, or did they not get COVID? It's not a simple case. You don't just say, hey, look at this, man. These people didn't get COVID over a couple of weeks. It's going to take a long time. And I don't, I don't know if people really worry, uh, really ready for how long it's going to take. Yeah, uh, of course, you got uh, political uh, influences as well, Jim. The administration would love to get this thing in the can. Uh, you have People like uh, Merck, uh, Ken Fraser, saying there's undue pressure on pharma to make this thing happen quickly. And uh, Meg Terrell did ask Bansell of Moderna earlier this morning whether or not this phase three trial could result in definitive results. Here's what he said. October is possible. It's a really uh, optimistic scenario. Uh, it could be November. Again, at this stage, it's impossible for us to know precisely. 
it will just depend on the 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 event rate the attack rate of infection right uh, meanwhile right. Jim, he did talk about stock sales. I know you were commenting on that on Twitter this morning, uh, the 10 b ones. He says not amendable uh, because of company policy, not anything external. Company, company. Okay, well, there's also this thing called the government. But maybe he thinks that there's some sort of commerce clause. Uh, look, the government doesn't want you to trade. So when you get to the uh, period when you announce everybody has the same information, you cancel your plan. Plans can be canceled. The government doesn't want you to be out there doing anything with your stock when you're in a situation like Moderna's in. And you should not be able to get comfort from your counsel. Now, look, counsel can say whatever they want, but there is uh, a, a view that the SEC has, which is that please don't trade during these periods when you have something, some information. And please cancel your plan. Uh, you get no comfort if you continue to sell. If you stop, you get comfort. And it's about comfort. And I don't know how they feel comfortable, given the fact that every time I pick up the paper, it's more about them selling than it is about what's going on in Moderna. I also don't like the idea that you can put a time, any time frame on it. October optimistic. Then don't talk about October. Just say, listen, we hope to have something by the first quarter. Don't set us up. Uh, because if you have that, then people are going to say in the House and in the, in the Senate, look, we don't need to do another program. If we're going to get a vaccine by October, let's just let the dice roll. Let's have the mass and social distancing play it out. And I think that that's not a good uh, that's not an optimum situation. So uh, Moderna has been setting the pace of over optimism and overselling. And when I, I liked Moderna at 20, but I think that it's time to start saying nothing. And saying nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Just saying, let's see what happens. But the people who set us up are the people whom we're going to most dislike come the fall. David, you know you shouldn't be setting people up like this. No, you've made the point that you think this company is, if I could say the words, a bit more promotional, Jim, (laughs) than you would like to see. And But to be fair, I mean, we have also seen Pfizer, a company that I would not lump in as promotional at all, feel like they're obligated to release patient studies that involve, what, 48 people uh, for their vaccine. So, I I mean, there is such a need to know here that you are we do expect all the companies at this point to tell us anything along the way in terms of their progress towards a vaccine. How about J&J? Why not use the J&J Alex Gorski standard, which says hopes to have results in the first quarter, even though he's enrolling 30,000 this week. Uh, 30,000, including people who are over 65. So why don't we just take it from the company that I think is the gold standard? Now, there'll be people out in the audience saying gold standard for talc. But I do think in terms of disclosure, J&J is getting some very good advice. uh, And people should, big companies should take this view. Uh, Novavax, uh, for all their earlier promotion, I think has been quiet enough to make me feel better about them. I just don't want false hopes. As Ken Frazier would say, there's nothing worse than false hopes. Ken reports on Friday where we have Caterpillar, Exxon, Chevron, and Ken. Uh, that's going to be one. There's so many pivotal days this week, Carl, that I think by the end of the yeah. week, our heads are going to be spinning, uh, not unlike Reagan. Uh, <laughs> right? I mean, right? It, it, it is no, going I, to be spewing You are absolutely right, Jim. Yep. Uh, the giants of uh, earnings season, as you see on the wall, obviously the Fed meeting. There's some uh, chatter that claims 
If claims uh, refuse to go down significantly or even rise for the second week in a row, does that cement the idea that the recovery is truly stalling out? Your point about Congress uh, being influenced by vaccine chatter is so apropos, Jim, and it brings to mind what Mnuchin said on Fox uh, yesterday about the proposal that the GOP now hopes to plate in front of the Dems. Let's hear what he said. We do have an entire plan. It's a trillion dollars. And let me just remind everybody that of the three trillion dollars we've already passed, we have about a trillion to a trillion and a half still left to put into the economy. So these are very, very large amounts of money working with Congress to support this. We picked a, a number that on the average looked okay. But what we've seen is now that we want to have the technical correction and we want to have something which pays people about 70% wage replacement, which I think is a very fair level. So it's not a fixed number. It's something that pays you a percentage of your wages that are lost. Jim McConnell uh, is warning that a deal could still take several weeks. Yeah, we, we really don't have sev- several weeks. I mean, the, the big money goes away. The 70% is interesting. So Nancy Pelosi will come back with 85%. They maybe agree with 80 uh, I think it's very important for people to recognize that the $600 was well in addition. 70% of the people, thank you, Jamie Dimon from uh, J.P. Morgan, 70% of the people were making more than what they were making before. I wish that, uh, it, by the way, Secretary Mnuchin always, he sounds reasonable. I, I mean, it's, oh, he is right, reasonable. And that's why I think a deal will get done, because the man is not ideological. He's just supportive of the idea that people are out of business through no, no cause of their own. He has been sticking with the business interruption insurance model since the beginning, right. which is why we're going to get a compromise. David, doesn't he sound like yeah. someone who like, wants to govern? Right. Uh, well, he's, he, he at least sounds like he has a plan. Now, let's not forget we're talking a trillion dollars here. The, pa- the House has already passed a $3.5 trillion plan, passed it. And now the question will be how do you meld these two to get to some sort of a compromise? Not a word we often hear. Um, the House plan, by the way, included, what, $100 billion or more for state aid, state and cities. That's not a part of this plan. Uh, it included $75 billion for testing as opposed to $16 billion in this plan. Remember, the administration went in wanting zero for right. additional testing. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see, Jim, where and Carl, where we end up here. And the sooner the better. Of course, the bigger question still is, will there be something that is done in the interim to try to get aid to people whose benefit is going to expire in a few days uh, and are still not in a position where they perhaps even want to go back to work? Because let's not forget, everything we've discussed, of course, comes in the shadow of the fact that uh, the virus continues to spread in some states at very high levels. That's a good news for if you're trying to enroll people in a vaccine trial, where, as you pointed out, Jim, you're going to need some percentage of them to have exposure. But it's not good news in any other way, shape or form. No. You know, Carl, look, this is a week where there's too much at stake. And when there's this much at stake... I find that we had our two down days in a row in the in the uh, Nasdaq. You're just going to have a big down day this week uh, where I think that people just say, look, it could be Thursday night. I mean, when you look at Thursday night, I mean, there's just way too much. <laughs> there is. I mean, who, who, did they all get together? But, but, I mean, wh- how could they be so stupid? I mean, look at this Thursday it's, night. We always. Facebook. No, you're Google, right, Jim. The Amazon, scheduling Apple. of this stuff. 
I mean, yeah. don't they don't they rehearse? Yeah. Don't they coordinate? Um, yeah, Google, Ford, Amazon, <laughs> Apple. By the way, guys, I don't know if you saw. Right before we came to air, uh, the journal says that Google will Google. keep its employees home until July. Yeah, that's according to people familiar. Uh, they're calling it the first major company yeah, that's... David, to formalize such an extended timetable. I don't know. Carl, you read that and, and it's kind of shocking in some ways. And then in others, I perha- I perhaps not fully unexpected. Let's not forget it was Google that closed up its offices before. I think virtually anybody else, you could certainly say that they have a decent view and the ability to uh, compile a great deal of data, don't they, uh, right. in terms of trying to understand what's going on. Um, they have a lot of employees who are probably trying to plan for the fall or trying to plan for the full school year without fully knowing if their kids are going to be able to be in school or remote. But it is still shocking to see that a full year from now, potentially not right. sending employees back. Unclear whether they will allow some to come back. I want to see what the actual memo says. But again, preparing for the likes of another year, Jim. Well, there you a are. A year from now, right. being home. I thought your, your use of the adverb virtually was brilliant. Uh, this is one of the situations where anybody who would uh, raise kids would know that uh, Google is cheating. Uh, I expect search to go up in the fall because you can't monitor Google cheating. I mean, it really be interesting. Uh, I do think that uh, the idea that it's July is very in keeping with my concern that, uh, that the Modernas of the world are setting us up. I'll take I'll take Alphabet. By the way, I think that we see their cloud numbers could be 50 percent or more. That's Thomas Curry. And I think people are going to start saying, wait a second, did they take share? Uh, uh, they, did they right. take true from Azure? I think that's the narrative. I'm probably going to put that narrative out myself. I really like it. Just kidding. You know, yeah, I'm going to wait for the facts. <laughs> the facts could change. But Facebook, Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, that's a gauntlet. That's worse than the movie yeah. The Gauntlet with Clint Eastwood, which is really extor- extraordinary. I got a Molly No Show 100 to 1 shot that one of those companies really disappoints. Right. Now you add one more name in there, and of course, and we do get to what is uh, roughly 22% of the S&P 500 index. You know, Jim, we started talking about gold um, at the top of the hour. Let me just come back to that and the S&P 500 index, for example which you could argue is no longer diversified in the way it's supposed to be, No, it would not. seem. Uh, and, and then this idea that inflation is rearing its head, that printing all this money is resulting in inflation, even if you continue to have a CPI that's 2% or, or not. There's other areas where we do see significant inflation. And then back to gold and the gold miners, who, by the way, I would mention, represent less than 0.2% of the S&P 500. In well, terms that's of their ridiculous. Cap. I mean, you get a stock like uh, Barrick Gold, which has been extraordinary. It's the biggest one. It's up 52 percent. By the way, largest gold mine in the in, they have in the world is in Nevada. He pronounces it Nevada. Just, so you know, that's uh, Dr. Mark Briscoe, but it's in Nevada. And I think that gold is still undervalued on a historic basis. And particularly because, I mean, how much money can you print? Carl, I mean, we don't even care anymore, right? Like, does anyone even care? Three trillion, uh, maybe it's five trillion. I mean, Do you remember when it used to be a billion they fight over? Yeah, I do. The cover of The Economist this week is just two words, free money. That's a global free story, money. Jim. Uh, free giving money. giving it away. 20, all around the 1, world. 1,200. How come I haven't seen any of that? That's crazy. Hey, by the way, uh, David, your friend Ste- uh, Stefano Piscina Guys. just stepped down from Walgreens. So maybe oh, really? That's, from yeah, Walgreens? Maybe that stock can go oh, up. All right. He's been we'll super. We'll get to that news. Yeah, we'll get to that, guys. Obviously, we mentioned the we mentioned the earnings of the week. We're starting out with Hasbro and Albertsons, and we'll talk about those with the CEOs later on this hour. Tons of upgrades, uh, price target increases for Amazon, double upgrade of Biogen, 
American Airlines. We'll get to all of it when Squawk in the Street comes back. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Carl, you'd mentioned it. Let's get into some of the details here, as you'd said. Stefano Pacina, uh, who has been CEO for a number of years now. Of course, he is the largest single shareholder as well of, the, of this company. Remember, it was Boots Alliance and then Walgreens buying uh, them uh, became Walgreen Boots. You can see over time, and if we go back, it has not been a particularly strong performer. Remember, there had been some rumors about a possible LBO. It didn't make a lot of sense given how much equity you'd need to pull it off, although Less and less with each passing day. But back to Piscina. He has announced his plans for what they're calling a transition of leadership. Uh, They will appoint a new CEO. No names at this point. He is going to step up to executive chairman. Jim Skinner, a name we know well, is going to step down as executive chairman when they find the new CEO to replace Piscina, who will become executive chairman. Skinner will stay on the board of directors. Um, And, you know, Jim, what we've talked about, of course, is just the pressure the business has been under uh, in any number of different right. ways um, and not choosing to go the route that CVS and Mr. Merlot have pursued, of course, in terms of uh, aligning themselves with a large health insurer. Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't want that CEO job. I, I think that this stock could jump just because there might be someone with a more inventive strategy. I mean, their strategy has been, look, uh, we're just going to continue to be Walgreens. People are going to continue to come. They forgot that uh, everything that Walgreens sells, Amazon has. Uh, and I, I think that one of the uh, Daniel Mall of a company like Wal- Walgreens is they cannot compete with Amazon during a pandemic. Uh, and I don't think this will be our first pandemic. So good luck to whoever takes the job. But I think the stock will definitely go up just because that uh, Stefano, uh, let's just say the stock underperformed. Is that fair? Man, that's one ugly charge. Yeah, it, it, certainly some headwinds. Now, let's not forget, he owns about 16, 16 and a half percent of the company. He is one of the richest men in Europe, uh, although less so as that stock has declined, Carl. But uh, they have faced a, a, ser- a number of headwinds and um, it will be a challenge for whomever takes that role as CEO. And again, no date at this point that I'm seeing in the press release, certainly in terms of when he plans to step down other than they have initiated uh, uh, the search uh, and um, the board of directors has begun that. And he will, of course, step down or up, if you want to call it that, to executive chairman when they do appoint that new person to replace yeah. him. They've already taken uh, tough steps, I think, layoffs of about 4,000 people. Uh, your mention of Skinner, uh, David, reminds me of McDonald's, which does report tomorrow, Jim. As we continue to watch restaurants, I see Papa John's, like Chipotle, announcing another 10,000 hires today. 
Yeah, it's hard to believe that, that anybody who can stay in business in the fast food business would report a, 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 tough, a bad number. I mean, McDonald's has got the world's their oyster right now because uh, restaurants are going to go under. There's just very little competition. But come the fall, I mean, if you go look around in different cities, you'll see lots of restaurants are serving outside. That, that is not great during a polar vortex. So I think that McDonald's would be good. Tom, Domino's was very good. There were, there were some selling there that seemed kind of mindless. Chipotle was really good. And there was, again, just some profit taking. Uh, I'm a big believer in this group. The one that I really like is Wendy's, which was at one point trading at 6-7, all the way back to 23. My wife is a Baconator eater. She's a, a double Baconator, which is incredible because she still looks good. You know, you would think that that could destroy anybody's looks. <laughs> Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what those results say in McDonald's say tomorrow. As we said, speaking of food, uh, Albertsons, uh, better than expected earnings in its first quarterly report since going public. We're going to talk to the CEO about the results, including digital sales, which, when you see the number, uh, really does require a double take. That's after the break. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Take a look at the Dow pre-market leaders here. Apple uh, up 1.5% as J.P. Morgan reiterates an overweight, although they do remove it from the focus list. And there's uh, Walgreens Boots uh, up as uh, CEO Stefano Pacina has decided to step down and will assume executive chair. We're back in just a moment. Welcome back. Time for a mad dash that we can squeeze in about three minutes till we get to the beginning of trading for the week. Under Armour, perhaps going to be a feature today. Jim, they have received a Wells notice. Yeah, uh, uh, always suboptimal to get a Wells notice. Uh, this is uh, the SEC saying that, look, they're going to have to bring uh, viol- charges of violations of uh, the federal securities laws, meaning that they did something wrong in this particular case. It's involved some 2016 alleged uh, channel stuffing. Uh, and I think that this is Kevin Plank and the CFO, David Bergman, uh, going to face this. Now, what's important is the company does report later this week. And my understanding of the case, the case does not involve revenue recognition. There will be no restatement, as I understand it. So if you're selling the stock, betting there's going to be a restatement, and therefore they're going to have to pull any sort of financials for, say, the next year, that's a mistake. You have to buy it on the strength or weakness of the fundamentals. I'm not saying it's a sideshow. A Wells notice is very important. I am saying that uh, there will be no uh, SEC decision to punish them to the point where Kevin Plank does so he's going to have to leave the company. Yeah, no, it's a good point. We should explain a Wells notice is when the SEC staff says it has at least uh, made a preliminary determination to recommend to the commission that, in fact, uh, an enforcement action be taken against the company. But to your point, Jim, it's about pulling sales forward 
So you execute uh, a, a sale, you, you know, you uh, earlier than originally planned. And it does have the uh, obviously it's done to make a quarter look better than ha- might otherwise have. But overall, it doesn't affect how many sales really took place over a longer period of time. Exactly. And I think that people have to recognize that they had this really long streak of up numbers uh, and they wanted to maintain it. I think that what the SEC may be uh, off base on is, is that is that Mark Parker decided to destroy Under Armour. That was a conscious decision. They lowered prices on a lot of their stuff. It was not anti-competitive. Nike had every ability to do that. But also because it didn't get cold. And Kevin Plank had the absolute wrong inventory for not being cold. And he also, he had skews. I mean, he was making shirts. He was making pants. He was making uh, shoes. He was making some sort of weird thing that you wrap around your chest to be able to measure how you're doing. They were off the reservation. So uh, it really did hurt them. What matters is, is that they're in a very competitive category. And they kind of miss being Lululemon. And they couldn't take on Nike, which is to be, Nike's a colossus. I like Nike here at 98. I like Lou. Yeah. And, and Carl, uh, again, just back to the SEC here. You do have a chance as the company to engage them in conversation and say, no, don't do this. This is why. Typically, they do follow through with the actual uh, enforcement action. Civil, Carl, as you know, always civil at the SEC. Yeah, it's important. There was no reference. Yeah. Yep. They did not refer to justice. You don't want that. That's a very bad. These are all bad. Right. Well, what? Well, watch that, guys. Uh, obviously watching Under Armour. There's the look at the opening bell and the S&P heat map. Uh, Jim, we were just talking about the earnings calendar and how crowded it is this week. Uh, now there's word that Facebook is moving from Wednesday night to Thursday night. I just got that, too. So Thursday, yeah. Thursday we'll get all the biggies, Facebook, Alphabet, Amazon, and Apple. Well, I guess maybe because they got to be down there in uh, Washington. Maybe uh, Zuckerberg's got to testify at the same time he's supposed to be on the call. Uh, but that does uh, heighten the exp- – look, this is one of those weeks where you got the Fed on Wednesday. It'll be non-event, but we'll maybe you know, people will still be focused on it, obviously. Uh, you have Amazon, which will not guide uh, good numbers because that's not their style. You have Facebook, which will say that they have to spend a lot more money. You'll have Apple, which won't talk about 5G. Uh, it, it is really one of those weeks where you will not get what you want in terms of forecast. You may get what you want, but how does Amazon say that it's going to get even better. How? I mean, people didn't leave their home. They, they're starting to go out a little more in the, in the th- I sense that this quarter is one where Amazon just has to say, look, we're doing really well, but they can't forecast big. And yet the price target increases this morning are putting too much pressure on the stock. I don't like that. It's no. not what you want as a shareholder. Our Wedbush goes to 3,500. Chelsea goes to 3,600. Wells goes to 3,600. Um, even though, Jim, as we know, uh, COVID expense in Q1 was $600 million, and the guidance for Q2 is $4 billion. Yeah, so what's um, in this cycle? So there's, yeah. I, I don't know. David, why do it? Tell me why you what? would do it. What do you want to do? Do you want to set up for a shortfall? What do you want to do when you do a price target increase based on nothing? David? You just don't want to look silly. That's all, no. I guess, Jim. I There's mean, so many price targets and you people. You know, <laughs> I mean, what's the fundamental, uh, you know, I mean, what's the multiple these days on Amazon? I don't even know at this point. Does anybody know? What, what are we talking it's about a, here? A high multiple. Of, it's a high multiple. It's it's very large, right? Very high. 160 times earnings. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Hey, Apple's yeah, only 21 I mean, times interest numbers, you know? How about that? 
Apple continues to, yeah. But and that, by thing. the way, those are gap numbers too. Yes, they those are. Those are gap numbers, aren't they usually the with real Apple? Numbers. Which I think is important to point out. We don't do it enough. So often we are using adjusted EBITDA or non-gap numbers. Apple reports gap numbers. Uh, and that's the number, uh, that's the multiple on that. That said, of course, it still has a $1.62 trillion market value down from the $1.7 plus trillion that it had very recently. You can see that at the very end of that chart there. What are your expectations, though, when it comes to later this week when we hear from Apple, Jim? Well, Apple's not going to forecast 5G, even though when you listen to the Verizon conference call and you listen to the Skyward Solutions conference call, it's very clear that they probably are going to have a very, very good product in the the, uh, fourth quarter. They are not going to give you that lifetime value of a customer that I've been trying trying to hammer on, as I used to hammer on, break out the service revenue. But they are going to have good app store numbers, and that may may be something to talk about. I think it'll be very conservative. It's worth it to point out, by the way, two foreign companies, Taiwan Semi, and there's Apple. I mean, TSM is an Apple supplier. And so if you look at that, you have to start thinking, hey, maybe that's good. And then just overall tech, uh, SAP, don't forget that they had very good cloud numbers. So there are some, I mean, a lot of people want to just write off the fangs, but there are some fundamental reasons to own them. Yeah, there are. Uh, Again, back to Amazon. You're right, Jim. About 150 times this year's numbers, about 75 or so times what's expected for 2021. How do you value it, Carl, we just wanted to finish that conversation on the multiple. What are you going to do? What do you do? Just decided you're paying too much for the greatest company ever built? No. No. Not to mention, uh, Carl, back to this idea of the S&P 500 index and what needs to be bought by money coming in and how much of the float is actually really available. Uh, you know, there is a constant buyer of these stocks. And again, back to that 22 or so percent that five names represented the S&P, that can have a significant impact as well. There's just not as many available shares as you might think, even with a market cap of the size that Amazon has. Very good point. Yeah. And then you pile on the dollar effect. We, we started the hour talking about the dollar and, and Goldman's take. I mean, I saw last night, uh, Jim, David Costin saying that the weaker dollar would force, I think it's $300 billion in additional foreign buying to the point at which foreign buyers would replace corporates as the number one source of equity demand. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm a huge costume believer. He puts out these pieces on Sunday night, and they like replace uh, Ed Sullivan Show and uh, and uh, wonderful the Wide World of Disney. I'm for those of us who want to be dated. Uh, but he's very, he works very, very hard. You know, at one point we thought, David, in terms of the uh, the float of Amazon, we thought that Mackenzie Bezos was going to sell a lot of stock. Apparently she'd only sold about $400 million worth in January. But I remember the stock sunk on two things. Once when they got the divorce announcement and then when the, when, uh, the, the president, uh, who was interviewed by Barstool, by, by Portnoy, of course, we have to point that out, uh, was uh, was attacking them for getting too big a postal deal, whatever happened to that. Uh, the dollar, look, I, I, I love the fact the dollar's going down because so many of our companies have had to report numbers. That, I mean, Colgate reports on Friday. They've been crushed by a strong dollar, just crushed. I like Colgate here. My trust owns it. This will be the first quarter where the numbers will actually look like the real numbers instead of the constant currencies. I'm not saying our currency is like Argentina. I know there's a lot of people out there who are saying it's an emerging, uh, we're now trading like an emerging nation currency. But can I just point out that it's been years since the dollar's going down? And that's just wrong. Uh, and by the way, Europe opening uh, off of COVID, people are saying that that's a reason why the dollar's going mm-hmm. down. I'd watch that because Spain is closing again. So uh, you can't beat this virus without a vaccine and uh, and or maybe multiple vaccines. And I'm still putting my money on Pfizer and J&J. I know they're not the ones that people are thinking about. 
Uh, in the meantime, the gold traded. A lot of people involved thinking that that is the currency. I continue to think it's doomsday. Uh, doomsday means that you can't beat the vaccine. Right. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, to be fair, though, a lot of Europe is opening up, is open but the and opening not up. Work, I mean, Germany's not backing off. France is not backing off. Uh, obviously, a lot of the Asian countries are having no issues at this point. Well, they started you know, we talk. Some. They talk about an. They talk. Oh, yeah. Sir, 100 cases, 150 right. cases. I mean, I can give you a, you know, you sound a, like the a, president. A small. A, well, I mean, that's nothing right compared to the. 60,000, 70,000 cases a day that, but David, that the we're having. But David, the fatalities are very country. low. I mean, yes, yes. Right? Are you, the, you're parroting what you're hearing or you're just saying that as a, as a fact? I'm not sure. I don't know. Did it come up in the, in the big interview? You, you know what yeah. the big interview is right there. Which one? The Wallace interview or the Portnoy interview? The Portnoy interview. It was seminal. Oh. It was like the way the president used to be during The Apprentice. He was fun, fun-loving, mm-hmm. interesting, laughing a little, talking about how Portnoy has been trading really well, that he's been making big money, 401k. I don't know, Dave, but I think you've got to start focusing that, that we, can't beat the, we can't beat the virus, but Portnoy's on fire. <laughs> what the heck is going on? It's an oddity, the world. David, I know we have to move on, but can we yes, just acknowledge Carl and David that it's completely nutty out there? We do. We do. Yeah, Thank I will. Uh, all right. I will. I will get us out of this. Of course, we have had our requisite Portnoy mentions, so I'm glad for that. Let's get to Rick Santelli now. Get a check on uh, on the. Hi, David. Well, if you look at the data today, it was pretty solid and the durable goods uh, non-seasonally adjusted was even more solid. It was super strong. And whether it's the uh, initial jobless claims, which broke its run of lower weeks, but on non-seasonally adjusted, it was a different story. Uh, non-seasonally adjusted data is getting an extra look these days because so many aspects of the economy cannot be adjusted to normal seasonal conditions. If we look at a two-day chart of tens, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning, around 3 a.m. Eastern, you see that the 10-year note yield traded 55 basis points, lowest intraday since the 9th of March. Open the chart up. The 9th of March is our low yield close of 54. We keep getting ever so close, and we continue to see good flows. It really is just a matter of time, so say traders, especially as we get some more volatility showing up in the equity space. If you look at a two-day of the dollar index, foreign exchange has been the front-page story on many traders' agendas of late. Two-day dollar index, we've lost one penny just since the last session, as you see there. And if you open a month to date, it hasn't been a very good July for the dollar index. It's been a very good July for the euro currency, which makes up over half the value of the dollar index. And the story is a little bit about both. Uh, the issue of shared debt and some of the progress they've made on a federal-type overlay in the European Union is a big deal for the euro. Uh, shared debt is a real big deal for the value of the euro currency. But much of what we're doing and all the debt that's added on is a real deal buster for the dollar. And ultimately, it's not going to be good for the euro currency either, but they're on a bit of a different timeline. Finally, let's open the chart up all the way back to the last time the dollar was at these levels And you're basically talking about July of 2018. 
then overlay a gold chart on top. And obviously, gold is the second biggest story today as it gets ever closer to $2,000. And, and what you see here is how they so delinked as of late due to coronavirus. And that really is the big story. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. We're getting some confirmation on reports of a positive COVID case at the White House. Let's get to our Eamon Javers. Hey, Eamon. Yeah, Carl, that's right. The White House now confirming reports that Robert O'Brien, the national security advisor, has tested positive for COVID-19. The White House putting out a statement saying he has mild uh, symptoms and has been self-isolating and working from a secure location off-site. The White House says there is no risk of exposure to the president or to the vice president. The work of the National Security Council continues uninterrupted, the White House says. Now, Carl, the, the question here is going to be, when did Robert O'Brien, who is uh, an official with close contact with the president on a regular basis, last meet with the president? We know uh, that the two men were together at Southern Command on July 10th, and we know that Robert O'Brien traveled to Europe in the middle of July. Uh, what we don't know is when uh, the last time the two men had contact and whether that uh, was before or after uh, this positive test. We don't have a date yet uh, on the positive test for Robert O'Brien the National Security Advisor, but obviously worrisome news given uh, his close relationship with the president. The White House, though, saying, Carl, uh, there is no risk of exposure to the president here. Back over to you. All right. Eamon, thanks for that. Eamon Javers. When we come back, uh, we'll chat with Albertsons, their first earnings report since going public a month ago. A live interview with the CEO shares down about 4% as the Dow's roughly flat on this Monday morning. Don't go away. Supermarket chain Albertsons out with its first earnings report since the June IPO. Stocks moving lower this morning, just shy of 4%. Joining us in a first on CNBC interview this morning is Vivek Shankarang, the CEO of Albertsons. Vivek, welcome back. Good to see you again. Hey, good morning, Carl. Good to see you again. Uh, adjusted EPS was ahead. Uh, comps up 26.5, digital 3x. Uh, I wonder why you think That's the right. shares are reacting the way they are. Uh, certainly the guidance was not as specific as maybe some had hoped. Yeah, it's difficult to give guidance in this environment, Carl. We have our earnings call next after I finish up here. Uh, we'll be talking to analysts uh, and investors throughout the day, so I'll have a better sense for um, uh, what, what concerns, if anything, they might have. But we feel incredibly good about the quarter, everything we've accomplished uh, in this difficult time. And those numbers are, and, uh, those numbers are leading. I mean, in the sense we're gaining market share and uh, getting great flow through the P&L. Gross margins near 30 uh, in, a, in a obviously business that is famous for, for weak margins. Are promotions essentially disappearing because of the, the stability of demand? Uh, Carl, it was. If you go back earlier in the year, uh, fiscal year, say March, April, May, we had to cut down those promotions uh, because you just didn't have the supply you needed uh, to do it right. And you never want to disappoint a customer with a, with a great promotion. Now, as we went into Memorial Day, you bring back those promotions. And as we get into the big holidays, you bring back those promotions, which is exactly what we're doing. And I'll tell you that in uh, several areas, important areas like fresh produce, meats, et cetera, we're starting to see a lot more stability in supply. And you'll see us get, doing more promotions on some of those. And then there are some other areas that remain constrained, like sanitizers, um, where it, the supply constraints continue to remain and will promote less. But our principle is to give value to customers through our promotions. Vivek, Jim Kramer, good to see you. Hey, Jim. Okay. I see the brand. We have the brands on the wall. They're all famous brands. Yeah. Uh, I understand yeah. that you are taking share 
And if you're taking share, I have to believe it's from a Kroger, a Costco, a Target, a Walmart, not just the mom and pops. And that that will be come the fall when I think that more people are even uh, not be able to go out because the tables outside will disappear, that this could be a fabulous time for you. Uh, You're energized. You've got the right merchandise. And I think a lot of these companies are ripe for the picking. Yeah, Jim, you know, our, our strategy is very clear. Uh, I'm so proud of the team that's executing so well. And you have to think about what's changed. Customers are eating a, a, a lot more at home. Um, and when you eat at home, fresh food matters a lot. You want the best produce. You want your choices of meat. You want to have everything in a store that you can cook everything you need at, at home. And that plays to our strengths. We put a lot of energy over many years building those capabilities, and that plays to our strengths. And uh, you know, I hope I hope things get better uh, for the country uh, around this virus in the next several months. Uh, but as uh, long as people continue to eat at home, you'll see elevated sales in uh, grocers like us. Now you know, Vivek, I I came out pretty strongly on Mad Money. Talking about how this is, yeah. there's a grave mispricing here. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of pure supermarkets out there, and we've seen Kroger just explode because they've got fresh. You've got fresher, and maybe it's just because there were two mm. times that you tried to come public, did which wasn't you. Third time a charm, but I, this thing could be radically mispriced versus the competition. I like to think so, Jim. And, uh, you know, we believe in consistency and performance. And I take a long-term view in all this. And if we do the right things for the customer, uh, keep our associates excited and happy, and we do they, we do the right things for them, uh, things will work through. It will flow through. And one of the things you saw in our release is the, is the flow-through in our P&L, which is so robust. And that talks to me about the health of the business, not just the performance, but the overall health of the business. Our e-commerce business is growing, too, tremendously. Again, it's about the health of the business. So in the long term, I feel um, it it will get to the value uh, that we deserve. Well, Vivek, Vivek, talking about that long term, um, how much of what you're seeing now as a result of the virus is sustainable in your business after the pandemic passes? I think that's got to be one of the key questions investors are trying to answer. Yeah, David, there are elements of the business that are around performance. So, you know, it's hard to, in this environment, you really cannot look at just the absolute numbers and be comfortable. You've got to look at relative numbers. And the relative numbers give you, like market share, and that gives you a sense of how you're performing versus the others. Um, and so that that is good. And so if I take from that that our strategy and execution are sound. Now, let me talk a little bit about the long term. Uh, if you go back in history, consumer behavior shifting from in-home to out-of-home changes very slowly. I mean, it changed maybe 60, 70 bips a year of share over 10 years. And when there's a sudden change like this, and by the way, remember, that was without uh, a virus, without work-from-home policies, with the best best economic conditions we've had in a long time. And so my belief is that the transition back to away from home will happen slowly. Uh, if, even if it happens at the rate it did in the past, there'll still be a lot more in-home consumption. Uh, that's at least, unless something dramatically changes, uh, that is our ingoing ass- assumption. Uh, COVID-related expenses to protect the front line, $615 million in the quarter, Vivek. Is that a number that yes, is repeatable quarter after quarter from here on out? 
there are two parts to that expense, uh, Carl. One is what we call depreciation pay. And uh, when you remember back then when the uh, there was a shelter in place, and when there was shelter in place, our associates came to the store every day. And, and we appreciated that. And we, uh, we paid, gave them the extra pay to do that. Um, now, there's other parts of it that are related to cleaning, protections with a plexiglass, and things like that, that are, a lot of it is a one-time expense. And then there are some added expenses for cleaning uh, every day so that we keep the stores incredibly safe for our associates and our customers. Now, that will continue as long as we have this virus in place um, and uh, as long as there is some degree of concern around safety. And as as the, as as we get comfortable with safety, a vaccine, uh, some of the discussion you had earlier, uh, that those costs will come down. So we feel, uh, and we have the volumes to support those costs as we go into the next several months. Finally, you know, thinking back to CPI uh, last week, I mean, food inflation yeah. by by some metrics, you, you got to go back to uh, the 70s to see numbers in this ballpark. Is that something people should get used to? Uh, I think while the supply challenges are there, Carl, uh, I think you'll see continue to see inflation. Uh, it is in different categories. Um, now, you know, in produce, the inflation comes and there could be a, a great, great weather, a great supply of crop, and, and that will moderate itself. But in general, I think the, the supply demand issue, supply demand are not balanced well enough. Um, uh, and so you'll continue to see some inflation over the next few months. I, I'm not sure you want to say you get used to it, but in the short term, it's more likely you're more likely to see inflation uh, than either normalcy or deflation. Vivek, uh, nice to have you on your uh, first report uh, post IPO. Thanks so much. We'll hopefully hopefully talk again soon. Thank you all. Take care. Vivek Shankarong of uh, Albertsons. When we come back, we'll talk to Hasbro. Uh, Brian Goldner uh, on the company's earnings miss and where COVID fits into the big picture. Shares about a one-month low this morning. We're back in a moment. On a day where gold hits an all-time high, uh, 1941, there's a look at the S&P gainers led by Newmont. Uh, close behind is Biogen, double upgrade uh, today over at Morgan Stanley to overweight. We're back in just a moment. Don't go away. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Hasbro, a great company, but uh, hobbled by a bunch of factories that had COVID problems. And also, of course, uh, people aren't shopping as much. They do have a, a booming e-commerce business, but I wouldn't write the company off. It's just I think a lot of people felt with Monopoly and a bunch of other home games that have been doing really well because of, of COVID that they might have an upside surprise. So they did not. And instead, they went the other way. Uh, it was not China factories. Those factories are producing 55 percent of their business of their um, of their toys are from China. So keep that in mind. I have Mattel on tonight, yeah. and uh, we got to see Mattel's got uh, Barbie didn't do as well as I would have thought. Again, I, I would have thought that when you stay at home, you do those things. Uh, Liam Griffin, he did a great quarter Skyworks, but it wasn't enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. And then Kevin McCarthy, uh, we will take uh, the, the leader because we did have Nancy Pelosi on last week. Let's hammer out a deal, get people so that they aren't starving. That's one of my predilections against starving. Yeah. Well, some flash heads this morning that we'll get the Republican proposal at 4.30 today, Jim. So we'll, yeah. we'll watch for that. And I guess you've noticed uh, on Twitter that uh, MLB season is looking a little wobbly here uh, with Marlins Orioles canceled. Yeah, the dugout hotspot against the, I guess we'll wait for the Phillies. 
Um, they played the Phillies this weekend. We, we, you know, we won yesterday, so we're, I guess we're one and two for the year. That may be it. Uh, oh, uh, one sad note. Uh, uh, hearts go out, and that's what people tell you, but instead I'm going to say something. I loved Regis' film, okay? I loved Regis. He loved us. He loved our network, and he will be missed. He will. Uh, still, he, you know, he was a former NBC page, Jim, and he would still, even in recent years, he would come to 30 Rock and help the page program celebrate anniversaries and pose for pictures. Uh, just an amazing man. Who was he that he never lost his humility? What a guy. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.